you would stand with me and open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, verse 1. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise, and when the foolish took their lamps, they took no, no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps, and as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the virgins came also, the other virgins came also and saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Father, we thank you for your word day. We thank you for this great week and pray that the truths of your word would be an imperishable seed planted in the hearts of every one of these children and it would bear fruit at just the right times in their lives each day. Father, help us to be a people who are prepared, ready to stand before you. Guide us all today and bless this day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As I sat in my office doing final prep for this moment in the service today, the word that kept coming to me in that moment was prepared. That this is a message about being prepared, being ready. This passage that we read comes out of a, a passage of, in the Bible that we call the Olivet Discourse, where Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God and specifically talking about how end times and the and and final things of judgment are going to take place. And his whole message throughout that is to do the right thing and to be prepared, to be ready for that moment, to not take it lightly. And that's my challenge to you today, is not to just set this tough question aside and wait, but to look at this tough question and to make sure you've settled an answer in your spirit. Here's the question. Uh, do you believe there's life after death? It's a simple question. What happens when we die? Is that it? Is it over? We just fade into the darkness? Or is there existence that goes on? According to a recent Rasmussen poll, the vast majority of Americans believe that there's life after death. Uh, the report said that only 17% of Americans don't believe in life after death. On occasions, I talk to somebody and they will make that statement to me. I don't believe any of that. I, don't believe, I think, think that it's all, this whole world is, uh, just kind of came about and it's kind of an accident and, uh, and when we die, it's all over. That's it. 
and, and I'll usually look at them and, I, and I'll say to them, well, don't you wish you were wrong? I mean, you may believe that, but at least, can you at least admit, I wish that wasn't the case? I mean, if this is it, then for the vast majority of people that have ever lived on this earth and the vast majority of people living on this earth right now, life is nothing but a pain. Their, their life is one of poverty and starvation and war and abuse. What a sad story for them if this is it. And even for the rest of us, if everything is easy, if it's a life of pleasure and food and you know, we become successful and can do whatever we want to do and then life comes to an end, our loved ones die, or we come to the end of our life. Wow. What's it worth? Even if you got lucky enough to have that kind of a life, wouldn't it be better if there was life after this life? Now, granted, I, I'm, granted, just wishing there was life after death doesn't make it so. Just recognizing that you know, there's, it'd be better if there was life after death. Doesn't make it so. It's kind of like the person who goes out and puts a ton of money into the lotto and they say, I, I believe I'm going to hit it someday. Doesn't make it so. Doesn't mean you're going to actually happen. So when we say that there's a better place, when we say there's a heaven, is that just wishful thinking? And my challenge to you is to think about that. To make sure you're not just setting that on a shelf and saying, okay, I think I know how that works. I think I know what I believe. Even if you say, yeah, I believe in there's, that there's life after this life. Don't just sit over and say, yeah, I, I think I got that. I believe there's life after this life. And you know, I believe there's a better place to go to. No, no, no. Think about that. Think about what it means. Think about what it says, and think about why you believe it. You know, the majority of us believe this because the Bible tells us that's the way it is. I mean, people who don't even believe the Bible in most areas of their life want to grab a hold of this part of the Bible and believe it. And then, of course, you got people who believe all sorts of things that are not true. They, you know, they, they, they believe the Bible says we're all going to be angels. Well, the Bible doesn't say that kind of thing. It doesn't say that at all. You need to know what it says. You need to think about it. What is the truth? The greatest teacher of all time said this to us. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. I mean, Jesus basically said, listen, I got this. I got this. Now, you don't have to worry. I've told you I'm going to prepare a place for you. And someday I'm going to come and take you to that place. He was laying this thought, he was laying this fundamental belief out before all of those who were his followers that he was preparing a place for them. And he backed it up, he backed that up with the wisdom of his teaching, with the miracles that he performed, and with defeating death itself and coming out of the grave. You say, well, pastor, why would you, what, what do you believe, how, how do I know that's even a, 
right story. Well, we've, we've got this historical truth that I always like to bring home when we talk about life after death. It always refreshes my faith. Of the original 12 disciples, one of them betrayed him. All the others died, most of them, all but one of them died deaths as martyrs for the faith, proclaiming that Jesus was risen from the grave when all they would have had to have done to avoid being martyrs was deny Jesus. But they refused to do it. Paul's whole life turned on the fact that Jesus was risen from the grave. Their lives cry out to us that the Spirit in us that bears witness to us and tells us that there is life after death, their, the, their lives cry out to us that they believed it so much that they didn't fear death on this earth, that they would rather die on this earth and be right with God than live a few more years on this earth and not be right with Him. This is the call that we have. So I, I, I tell you today, you need to be a bit careful with this. You need to pay attention to it. You need to not just say, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to worry about that because the day's coming when all of us are going to leave this earth. Even these little children down here that we look at and we celebrate and we see them having so much fun and that brings joy to us. Someday, their time on this earth is going to come to an end. And if there's life after death, if there is this life after we want to make sure they're prepared for it. We want to make sure we're prepared for it. So we need to be a bit careful with this teaching because Jesus didn't teach, hey, uh, you know, you're going to live down here, do whatever you want, live however you want, you know, just believe in me, just believe that I'm the Son of God and no matter what you do down here, uh, it's okay, uh, you're going to get in. He didn't say that. So we need to be a bit careful. Here's what Jesus taught us in a nutshell. And it really, he said that we come into this world with a broken relationship with our Creator. That every one of us come into it with this broken relationship. That we were made and we were created for our spirits to be in connection with God's Spirit. And that's been broken by sin. And because of that, all of the pain, all of the suffering, all of the hurt, all of the junk that we do in our own lives, and all of it that happens in the world, happens because we are not rightly in communion with the Creator who made us. And if we were, it would be a different place. That's why heaven's going to be what it's going to be is because we're going to walk in the presence of God. We're going to walk in His presence. Now, the second thing He teaches us in, in a nutshell is this. We can't fix this relationship on our own. We're, we're so far broken that we cannot correct it. We can't somehow 
put 10 steps together and say, I'm going to do these things and my nature will be right and my spirit will be right and everything will be right and I will be ruled by the right. No, we are absolutely shattered. And it was while we were in this condition that Jesus came into this earth and he says to us, again, in and us, if we put our faith in him, open our hearts to him, that we can have new life in him by a spiritual act of God. I watch my grandchildren up here today. I've watched my children over the years grow up singing these songs, jumping up and down, having all this stuff, and they look so wonderful and they look so innocent, and they're going to grow up into people who are not wonderful and who are not innocent but are a mess unless God gets in their life because they're broken. They need the touch of God in their life. So Jesus put it this way, letting us know about who his Father is in heaven. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the one and only Son. This is how much God the Father loves us, that he sent his Son into this earth to pay our price, to be a redemption for our brokenness, so that he could pay that price so we could be healed in that relationship with God he came to heal our relationship with God and in turn heal our relationship with others but he also tells us something very interesting he says what happens the word teaches what happens when these bodies that we live in uh, cease to function does everybody just get a free pass no, in Hebrews chapter 9, it says this, that it's just as they're appointed a man to die once, after that comes the judgment. We're all going to be judged. Now, if we're going to be judged, it means there's things that are going to weigh out good and bad. So let me ask you this question. If you and I are in a relationship, you've been around me for a while, and you discover he's just a... He lies to me all the time. He tells me stuff that isn't true. He misleads me. Not only that, but he, he gets mad and verbally abuses me and abuses the, verbally abuses the people around us and calls us names and just really crushes us. I mean, every painful thing that can be said, he says it to us. And not only that, we found out he's stealing from us. I mean, how long are you going to stay in that relationship? It's not going to be long if you're smart at all that you say, I'm going to build some boundaries between me and this guy. So there we are. We've got this place where we've got not got these boundaries built. And I come over to you and I say, look, look, this isn't good. You shouldn't be building these boundaries. Uh, you know, this is not good for you. You just, you just need to forgive me. You need to forgive me and you need to get over it. You just need to forgive me and you need to get over it. We're going to start today. Right now, we're going to start with a new relationship starting today. We're going to move forward from today. Now, I want you to understand, I'm going to continue to lie to you. I'm going to continue to call you names and abuse you. And I'm going to continue to steal from you. But 
you've got to just forgive me and because it's good for you to forgive me. You've got to just forgive me because you want to be in a relationship with me and you should love me. you just got to forgive me uh, because, you know, that's the way things should be. You've got to just forgive me and uh, all's good. Are you buying that line? That's not how it works. I don't come and lay out my terms for this new relationship. If anybody's laying out terms, you're laying out terms for the relationship. God doesn't say, hey, I want a relationship with you. But just, you know, I I know, I know, I know you're a liar, and I know you're a thief, and I know you're an abuser, and I know you're all these things, but I, you know, I, I, it's just good for me to have a relationship with you. Come on in. We're just going to have a relationship now, and it's all good, and heaven will be yours, and when you get up to heaven, you'll like it so much that I hope you won't lie and cheat and steal there. I hope you'll be okay when we get to heaven. He doesn't say that to us. In fact, what Jesus says is this, that there are two great requirements for eternal life. The first one is this, is that we recognize that Jesus is Lord, that we are broken, that we cannot lean on our own wisdom, we cannot trust ourselves, but we have to put our trust in him. Even when it's, you know, ranking to our flesh, even when it's difficult and we feel like we can justify what we're doing by the way other people have treated us he says no 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 your eyes aren't supposed to be on others your your wisdom can't be in yourself I'm the Lord now I'm in charge now and I'm going to tell you how to live your life morally and how to act that's the big hurdle we start with and then he says to us now listen here's the good news for you You've been abusive to others, you've done things, you've lied, you've been immoral, you've done all this stuff. And you're going to stand before God in judgment. But if you put your faith in me, he says, if you put your faith in me, Jesus says this, if you put your faith in me, I've got you covered. I paid for it. I died on the cross so that everything you're guilty of can be washed clean and made whole. That's the good news of what we have in Jesus, that we put our trust in him to be our savior. All throughout Jesus' teaching, he tells us there's eternal life, but he also tells us there's eternal judgment. So here's, here's my challenge for you today. If this life, as short as it is, Is it a smart gamble to play with your eternity? Or should you take the time to really figure out what you believe? Is it a smart gamble as you look at the children you love and you would do anything for, anything for them, to make them happy, to give them a good life? Is it a smart gamble not to spend some time figuring out what you believe so you can make sure they have a good eternity? 
Don't you think you should spend some time thinking about that? If you're uncertain about this eternal life thing, we, we invite you to come hang out with us. We'll be really patient with you. Most of us have had those moments in our life where we wondered and we, we, we were trying to figure it out. And people were patient with us and they talked to us and they taught us. And the day came when we began to see the wisdom of who Jesus was and the, sense the power of who Jesus was in our life. So, so we welcome your questions. Come and learn. If you're uncertain of all this, I, I would challenge you to say a simple prayer. I mean, if, if there's no God up there and he's not really there, what does it hurt to, to one time in your life say a very simple prayer? Here, here's the prayer. Uh, God, if you're real, I don't want to rebel against you. If you're really real, then what you promise is better than anything I can do on my own. If you're really real, I'm asking you to reveal to me the truth. Begin to move in my life in some way and show me. Because here's what I know. God loved you so much, he sent his son to die for you. When his son went to heaven, he loves us so much that he sent his spirit into this earth to teach us and to lead us, to convict us, and to the sincere heart, the person who really wants to know the truth, if they begin to seek him, they will find him. That's what happened to many of us. But don't just sit back. It's too big a question. What happens when I die? What happens when this life comes to an end? It's too big a question to sit back and just say, well, we'll, we'll find out, won't we? Because, friend, at that moment, it can be too late. It can be too late. Search out the truth. Begin to see what Jesus says. See, in this passage today that we read, Jesus is talking about these ten virgins who are, listen, they're believers to a certain extent. They believe the bridegroom's coming. They're looking for the bridegroom to come. If you ask them, is the bridegroom coming? They would have all gone, yep, he's coming. But at the end of the day, at the midnight hour, when the bridegroom came, five of them were ready and five of them were unprepared. And so my challenge to you is, don't be unprepared. Either come to the conclusion that Jesus is who he claimed to be, or at least be wise enough to come to a conclusion after searching it out and praying about it and thinking, no, I don't believe he is what he claimed to be. Because see, all of your eternity rests on that. It rests on, on, on that belief. And all these, of all these kids are saying, I'm here, I watch my grandkids up here jumping up and down, and, and I realize their eternity depends on what they individually do with Jesus. Not what I do with Jesus. What they individually do with him. Because Jesus has come to die for us as individuals. If you're sincere and you want to know the truth, then make the effort. Begin to pay attention to this. Don't sit it on the shelf. Maybe you came today because 
you know, you put your kids in vacation Bible school or maybe you just come to church here all the time, so you're at church. Or maybe you put your kids in Bible school, vacation Bible school this week because, you know, you uh, wanted them to learn about the Bible and you thought you heard that they could have fun here doing that, so you said, hey, this is a great thing. Uh, maybe you just put them in because somebody invited you to bring them. Maybe you put them in because, uh, hey, I get the morning off every morning if I drop them off at Bible school. Whatever the reason is, whatever the reason is, there's one central truth that no matter where you're at on the faith spectrum, we can all agree on. This life has a, a shelf life. And it's going to expire someday. Now, what do we believe that happens afterwards? What do we believe that happens next? Does our spirit go and stand before God in judgment? Or do we just kind of fade into the darkness of eternity? I'm telling you, it's not just wishful thinking, it's good news. Jesus is who he claimed to be. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus came to rescue the perishing. That's you and me. Jesus came that we can have eternal life. And anyone who asks him to be the Lord of their life and the Savior of their soul are going to find that he keeps his promises. And his hope can live in you. Let's stand together today and let's pray. Father, you know the condition of every heart and every life in this room. And I pray that, Father, for those who are truly born again, who know you, that, Father, we would sit at this moment thankful and joyful that our children are hearing your word, that our grandchildren are hearing your word, that we know your word. And our hope is in you and all ours. But Father, there's someone here that's still searching that, that Father, has maybe they pushed this off to the side. They just don't want to think about it. They don't want to give thought to it. I pray today, Lord, that, that you would help them to understand they need to really get serious about this. This is the most important question they can answer in their life. And they, they, they need to realize I, I, I'm not coming to God on my terms I've got to come to him on his terms on your terms Lord and Lord that we'd make this decision to begin to pursue this to think about this to weigh it out in our life and to come to conclusion about what we believe when this life is over Father I am certain there are some in this room that have just they know the truth. They know who your son is. But Lord, they've just been busy doing other stuff. They've just kind of pushed it off to the side. And they need to hear the cry of the day to be prepared. And Lord, I pray your spirit would speak to them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. Most important decision in life you'll ever make is the one you make about Jesus. It's the one that will determine your eternity.
you're here today and you're sitting saying, you know what, I don't think my heart's right with God. I want to make sure my heart's right with God before I leave this place. If that's you, just raise your hand right now and just say, Pastor, that's me. God bless you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Others today, you'll raise your hand and say, pray for me. Others today, I see several hands raised. Don't want to miss anyone today. Raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ in my life. I want Christ in my life. Ask a couple of our prayer team members to come down here to the front this morning. And let's, let's all pray this prayer together. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I put my trust in Jesus to be my Lord. I put my faith in Jesus to be my Savior. And I ask you to help me to live for him who died for me. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing a a song right now. And if you are one of those who raised your hand, or if you need to raise your hand and you didn't, uh, we want to give you some things. We want to talk to you, share a couple things, take about five or ten minutes that will help build your faith, help you be solid in faith, because the enemy's going to want to rob your faith with doubt. We want to help you. This is, this is an important step for you to take. You're going to have somebody come with you. You can look at somebody and say, hey, I raised my hand. Will you go with me? They'll be happy to, I'm sure. Uh, just come down and we're going to sing this song and just come to the, the people at the far end of this side right now. We're just going to wait and come to the far end of the side and they're going to take you back to the back and spend about five or ten minutes with you, give you a couple pieces of paper and give you some stuff to help you. We're going to sing this song one time and give you a chance to do that. And so uh, step out and come while we sing this song. Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Your faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence You never failed Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Still in your hands, this is my confidence. You've never failed If they would to come down, and we're going to sing this song. Now, listen, if you raise your hand or you have questions, you can still go over and see these folks over here. They'll take you uh, back to the back and, and have a word of prayer with you. This is an important thing for you to do. But here, here, so we do this almost every week if you're new here. We take time to pray for people's needs. We believe God hears our prayer. We believe that God answers prayer. You may just be hurting today. Your heart may be broken. You may be in a health issue. You may have a big decision in life you need to make. You may be going through a tough time with a broken relationship. We believe God can help. And I I just want to... We believe that because he's helped us. He's moved in our lives. 
And so we're going to sing this song one more, one or two more times. And if you have any prayer requests at all, come on down, see one of these people down here. They're going to pray with you for a few, for a few minutes. And we're going to believe God to move in your life. Now, after we've done, while we're doing that, after everybody's come a time or two, Dan will dismiss everybody else. But if you have a need in life, don't leave without having somebody pray with you. Come down, let somebody pray with you. We believe in the presence of God moving in our lives. Amen? Amen. Don't miss that opportunity. We love you. God loves you. Be prepared. Amen.